Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am your host, Tamala Shaw. Today we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Melissa Riley. She's going to talk to us about moms without moms, which is something I've never thought about before. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tamala. I am honored to be part of your show, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with your audience about being a mom without a mom. Excellent. Yes. So when uh, we met, well, match, we were matched on Podmatch, which I always try to give them a shout out because it's such a wonderful program. Yes. Uh, it's it, it's just it's I've met so many wonderful people through it. So it's definitely an honor for you to be on here. So when I read about everything that you talk about and you coach people about, because you are a psychologist as well as a postpartum uh, coach, correct? Mm-hmm. Excellent. So when I was reading about it, I was very, very intrigued. So I don't even want to get in the way. (laughs) So if you could just tell me a little bit about your story, how you started with all of this and how, you know, what what you do now. Sure, sure. So um, I am, as you mentioned, a clinical psychologist and have been for 22 years now. And I've really enjoyed that aspect of my professional life. But in the last year or so, I have started to become really passionate about working specifically with Moms Without a Mom. And that passion was born through my own experience of being a mom without a mom. So, you know, first, what does that mean? Who is a mom without a mom, right? Well, there are three different ways that a woman can become a mom without a mom. One is if a mom is separated by her mother um, or from her mother by death, right? That's kind of the obvious one we, we all think about. Think about, right. And secondly, though, and I think a lot of your listeners will relate to this, is those uh, women that are separated from their mother by emotional estrangement, Okay. And so these are moms that may have had to make the very difficult decision to disconnect from a relationship that was unhealthy or toxic, or maybe even abusive. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. so even though they may have made the choice to disconnect, it's still a loss of having a mom they would have wanted to have. Right. If Mm -hmm. it was a healthy relationship. Yes. And then the third type of mom that is a, a mom without a mom are those women that are separated from their mother by physical distance. And that includes women such as those that are in the military or part of international schools or, or simply just live in a different place. Right. And so even though those are three very different groups of moms, there are three things that these women have in common. And that includes one, 
the grief process that they may not even recognize they're experiencing. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but there's this sense of loss and grieving for either their own mother or for the idea of having a mother to share the experience with. Yearning, yes. Absolutely. And also this, the sadness over, you know, the lack of, of their, you know, maternal grandmother in their, their child's life. Right. Right. So, so that's a piece of it too. And then the second piece is um, the lack of, of community that is available in the same way as moms that have their mother. So many people see their mother as a go-to person, right? So right. they can call up um, and be able to connect very easily. Well, moms without a mom don't have that. And unfortunately, one of the things that is very common is that these women feel a sense of shame over not being able to do everything on their own, right? We kind of right. suffer in silence and, mm-hmm. and, and there's a heaviness there that is, right. is really quite particular to this group of women um, that isn't recognized or talked about. And then the third piece that is common for uh, particularly the, the first two groups, the, the moms mm-hmm. separated by death and by emotional estrangement mm-hmm. is the difficulty that can be part of the mom identity development. So when we have children, it's not only our children that are born, it's ourselves as a mom. Right. is born. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we aren't moms before we become a mom. Right. Um, and so our sense of who we are as a mother mm-hmm. in a large part is influenced and formed based on our relationship with our own mother, whether Absolutely. that's good or bad, existent, healthy, not healthy. Right. And so when so a that mom, foundation, mm-hmm. exactly. And so when a mom isn't there, then that impacts, you know, our sense of who we are as a mom. So those yes. are the three things that those women tend to uh, have in common that make being a mom without a mom a little more difficult. Yeah. It's very interesting because of course, it's like you said, when you hear mom without a mom, you, you think about death. You don't really seem to think about when you've had to detach yes. or especially distance, because I have a lot of friends who they may not live in a different country, but when they're going through hardships, is something about a mother's hug. Yes. So having that physical is very, um, it's very important, you know? Mm-hmm. So those that don't, that's, I'm, I'm just so grateful that you brought that up because a lot of people may not think about it that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And, and again, I think it's so important to include these women, right? right. Because they are experiencing that loss and it is difficult and isn't always recognized as, as, being as difficult as it truly is. Absolutely. I totally understand. That is so awesome. So let me ask, I was reading and you talked about how there is mom guilt. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. So all moms experience mom guilt, right? I think moms without a mom experience it like every other mom but also in in other ways in addition. So a mom without a mom will feel guilty for asking for help, right? Reaching out, feeling like a burden to others, which is absolutely ridiculous, right? Right? Helping us isn't a burden, right? Right. Right. But then they also feel guilty for, you know, being 
at their wits end or exhausted or not being able to, you know, get their child to everything they want to get their child to, right? And, and so there's all kinds of guilt. And one of the things that I think it's really important to recognize is the emotion of guilt is just an emotion. It's like mm-hmm. every other emotion, right? It happiness, sadness, fear. Guilt is not an indicator of right or wrong. And I will repeat that. Guilt is not an indicator that you've experienced something that's right or wrong. That's great. Simply, guilt is a pause button. All right. All emotion is designed to help us live in community. All right. Mm -hmm. So we as humans need emotion so that we can relate with each other. And there are other animals that have emotion, right? You know, the primates, Mm -hmm. um, you know, higher functioning mammals, right? Like even dogs, people say their dogs have emotion, right? It's rudimentary. But the reason for that is because they live in community, right? They Mm -hmm. need to be able to signal, you know, um, uh, reptiles. They don't live in communities. They don't have emotion. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so guilt is simply an emotion and the purpose behind that emotion, like I said, is to create a pause button. So anytime we're doing something that's new or outside of our comfort zone. So like if we're, we're growing and we're, we're setting limits or saying no, when we haven't done that before, yes, it is going to trigger feelings of guilt, right? right. It's just a pause. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. let me think about what I'm doing. Is it appropriate for me in the community as a whole or not. It is not an indicator of right or wrong. So when you feel guilty, I want you to celebrate. I want you to feel good, right? It's like, oh, okay, I'm doing something that that's uncomfortable. Right. Is that okay? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I joke around. I, I, I call that. I call my guilt Gladys. I bring her everywhere, right? I don't try to get rid of her, but I don't let get Gladys drive anymore. She has to sit in the back seat so she can chime in all she wants, but I am the driver. driver. I choose. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So the community, I think that is phenomenal. So again, so I'm so glad that we're talking about this because you're bringing it to the forefront, very different than even I was thinking reading about it. So moms without moms. Okay. So when I had my children, well, at least my first son, your mom comes over. She helps you. She teaches, you know, my mom, you know, she'll teach different things that I wouldn't know about because of, like you said, I wasn't a mom. So when I had my second child, my mom came and helped and actually took my first child to say, I'll give you a break, you know? Uh So this community that you're speaking, speaking about is very important. Yes. Because you may not have that aspect of, um, you, you, you automatically think, okay, that's my mom. So you kind of, ex- kind of expect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But, you already have that relationship. It's, right. it's, again, yeah. it's well-established. Yes. So it's very mm-hmm. important to have that community so that you can have it in just a different way. Right? Yes. And, you know, Tamala, one of the things I encourage all moms to do, but especially moms without a mom, is to create four um, people within their community. So there are four, four people that should be there. So the first one is the wise woman. So 
this is the, the person that you can rely on to answer questions, right? They know things, you know, and, and if they don't, they know how to find it out. So um, this person can, can be like an aunt or another family member, a friend, or it can be a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for me, I had an aunt who was my wise woman, but I also relied a lot on the teachers at my son's early learning center, right? Mm-hmm. So the second person, now this is the emotional supporter. So this is the person that you can just call up with any emotional experience you're having and they just listen, right? They don't give advice and they don't try to cheer you up. They like just listen, right? I like it. Mm-hmm. And then the third person, and we all need one of these, is the go-getter. The one that knows how to get things done, right? And so if you are overwhelmed and laundry's coming out your ears, right? She'll come over, she'll grab it, bring it home, do the laundry, and then come back and drop it off, right? So these are the kind of people that never sit still, right? They're always doing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not me, by the way. Uh, But (laughs) And and then the fourth person, and I think this one's important, especially during the early years, Mm -hmm. is the late night talker. So this is the person you can call like when you're up late at night and nobody else is, right? Yes. So, and I think it's so important that we recognize the strengths in our friends, right? Because none of us are all of that, right? When we have a mom, we, we usually can call upon all of that at some point, because again, yes. it's a, it's a predetermined, I mean, we, we already have that kind of connection. We, we, we know what our parents are good, you know, right. with us about, right? But we need to do that with our friends, right? So when we know our friends and we know what their strengths are, then it becomes really easy to seek out what we need from the people we know that can provide it. I like it. That's so, really, really good. So for example, like I'm, I'm a good listener, right? I'm the emotional support. Not surprising, right? right. Um, you know, at this point in my life, I, I, I think I do pretty good as the wise woman for many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the late night talker, sure. If I hear my phone, then I'll be all there, but I am not the go-getter. I, you know, I've got laundry in my laundry you know, my washing machine, like for a week. And then it's like, okay, I got to rewash it because it's not moldy. But <laughs> so, so that's, I'd like to be that person, right? But I, I, I'm just not. So I don't know your strengths and weaknesses. So that's a good thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So for, for those moms out there that don't have that strong connection with their own mom, it becomes really important to, to build it. And again, it's okay to think outside the box. Some of these individuals, it's okay that, that you, you put your professionals right? And know, know where you can, can reach out to them as well. Mm-hmm. So That's really, really good. And I, I've, I've written those down because I think that's very important, um, of course, for the moms without a mom, but to have and be able to identify that in your tribe, in, you know, in your community, yes. within yourself. Because I'm sitting there going, okay, who would go, who would be there? Who would be there? And I'm like you, you know, I don't know about the late night talker. I don't know. But like you said, it, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. but um, but that's good. I really like that. So, how, like, what would you say to a person who may not have any of this? Where could they get started? Okay, so a few things. First, I want all of you out there to know that you're not alone, right? I think that was the one of the biggest struggles I had when I gave birth to my son was feeling 
so alone and feeling such a high sense of shame. Like I felt there was something wrong with me because I was feeling this, which you know, was, you know, ridiculous looking back at it in hindsight, but I was, I was just days shy of 38 when I gave birth to my son. I was an older mother. Um, I was a psychologist for many years. My mom had passed 15 years prior to me giving birth. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I really thought, okay, I'm at a point in my life. Things are great. I'm confident. I know who I am as a woman. I've taught child development at the graduate level, right? I know my stuff. Oh my goodness. I was so wrong. And then again, that sense of shame came in Mm. and, and not having the language to talk about it, not even knowing it was a thing. Right. I mean, I I knew I was vulnerable to postpartum depression, but it it, it wasn't the same that my symptoms weren't classic. Right. It was the longing for the mom, the feeling of shame, feeling like something was not ever going to be right. Mm. You know, um, that there was always going to be something missing. Right. And so it hit me really hard and I, I, I didn't know how or where to share. So the first thing is I want you to know that you aren't alone. There are a lot of us out there, just nobody's talking about it. Right. Um, and to go ahead and reach out. Right. So it is really okay to talk about your experiences, talk, talk about your experiences with friends, right. That will listen, talk mm-hmm. with your professionals in your life, whether that's your primary care clinicians, right. right. Mm-hmm. But you can also reach out to counselors, therapists, uh, psychologists and, and coaches, right. Yes. When my son was born 11 years ago, that wasn't really a thing. It wasn't as common as it is now. I'm not saying there weren't coaches back then, but, but now, you know, yeah, there's a real a increase. Right. And so, you know, the difference between coaching and therapy, um, is that with, with therapy, you're doing, um, a, a real deeper dive into what you're experiencing. And oftentimes people in therapy are experiencing symptoms, right, of, of depression or anxiety, or they're going through some kind of difficulty based on childhood experiences, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is extremely helpful and beneficial. Absolutely. And then coaching is different because it focuses on typically something much more specific, like a certain situation or a goal that you have, and it's more future oriented. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's about building skills and uh, learning, you know, certain techniques and things. Right. And mm-hmm. it's available um, to a wider range of people because it's from a place of, of health. You don't need to be experiencing symptoms or, right. or whatever. And, and so mm-hmm. I think it's, a, it's more accessible to a number of people that, that still find therapy as, as being stigmatizing. Right. And, and so reaching out. I think it's really important. Um, And I would invite your listeners, if you're not sure where to go, I invite them to reach out to me and we could talk about that, you know, how to do that. But I am very open to getting on a call and, and just kind of helping you navigate, you know, what is the next step in your journey? That's beautiful. Oh my goodness. That is so, so interesting. I love that uh, you talked about, postpartum. So what I wonder may not be true. Maybe true. I just have to ask. Yes. 
Do you feel as though the postpartum is different for moms without a mom? I do. I do. I, like I said, I think there's that grief component that often isn't recognized as, as grief and, and grief, you know, it, it, it's physical, it's emotional, right? It's interpersonal and it just kind of um, overlaps the, the other symptoms of, of uh, postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, there isn't that, that, that connection, that expectation of okay. having somebody there that we thought would. So do you think, because I'm just trying to just step in that place, would that person think that they were depressed? Is it a, is it a form of depression? It, it could be. Okay. okay. Not all grief results in depression. Right. Right. So I was wondering, cause that's a, it's a, yep. it's a fine but, line, you know? Absolutely. But individuals that have experienced grief mm-hmm. or who have experienced um, an episode of depression prior to becoming mm-hmm. pregnant are at a higher vulnerability to okay. a postpartum depression or anxiety. Okay. So, excuse me. And they're also at a higher vulnerability if they have um, they, if they don't have uh, the level of supports that they're needing in place. Okay. So um, they are certainly at a higher risk for depression. So do you, do you have information about this on like your Facebook page, on your website? Where could someone go if someone's having this feeling and they, they don't know where they fall? You know, um, where, could, where could they go? Sure. My website is momswithoutamom.com. So they can certainly go on there. In fact, I have a a blog article that that defines um, what it means to be a mom without a mom. And it talks specifically about grief and what grief looks like. So, but another really great resource is um, Postpartum Support International. So it's um, PSI. and, and you can Google that. It's really simple. And they have all kinds of postpartum resources, including, um, you know, kind of checklists to look, could you be experiencing depression? They even have 24 hour um, hotline and, and support uh, network. So it's a very help, helpful uh, resource to have. Fantastic. And you also have Instagram, Facebook. Yes, I do. And um, yep, my uh, Instagram is moms without a mom. Um, my Facebook is actually my name. <laughs> so Excellent. Melissa Riley Sidey. Um, Perfect. And, yeah, so I'm Excellent. In, so in all those places. I love it. And I hope that people truly, because sometimes, you know, you talked about shame. Sometimes you feel like, you know, you... Uh, you're not, like you said, you're not the only one. You feel like you're going through something that your friends don't really understand. So reaching out to these different areas is very important. Knowing that you have nothing to be embarrassed about. You have nothing to, um, like you said, be ashamed of. We all go through something. We are all going, work, work, navigating our way through something. So I love it when people take a stand and say, I'm going through this. I'm going to get through this because when you go out and you speak it, all of a sudden you find so many people in your community. Yes. But you just wouldn't have found it before because you just were keeping it to yourself. 
Right. So I think that it's beautiful that, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing this to the forefront. I mean, because I've honestly never heard of, you know, this community or anything like that. So I think this is fantastic. Good. Yes. And we are launching this episode around Mother's Day. So I know that the moms are moms, but some moms are used to celebrating their mom as well. So what do you suggest for those people who may be feeling um, or not really knowing how they feel around this time of year because their mom is dying? Um, First, to give yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling, right? That, you know, that feeling of loss and longing is normal, whether your mom is, is died or whether she's away from you because of distance or because, you know, that painful, um, unhealthy relationship, right? It's all right to feel that sadness and that longing, maybe even anger, right? And at the same time, give yourself permission to celebrate yourself as a mother, right? And to be present in the moments so that your children have the wonderful experience of celebrating you along with you, Mm -hmm. right? And so you can hold those two things, right? You can hold the the sadness for the loss of what you you want or wanted, Mm -hmm. right? While simultaneously recognizing what you have here. Right. Absolutely. Living right there in that good place. You know, I love that. Give yourself permission to feel it. You know, that's wonderful. Melissa, this has been fantastic. Thank you. I've absolutely loved this. I really appreciate it. And I would be honored to give your listeners, um, you know, a free guide. Um, I actually have two that would be amazing, um, you know, that I'd love to give to them. So the one is for moms of babies. And, and it's not just for moms without a mom, although I think it's, I mean, that's who I, I wrote it for, right, right. but it's, it's good for all moms. And it's called the um, care for yourself while caring for your baby guide. And this is for those moms that aren't able to step away from their baby to take care of themselves. Right. So right. You know, we're all talking about how important self-care is and it is, yeah. but not all of us can get me time or alone time. Right. True, very so, true. so this guy provides six strategies on how to take care of yourself while you still have your baby. Right. Nice. So I think that's really great for new moms. Um, and then the other is good for moms without a mom with children of all ages. And this is called the enjoy being a mom again, quick guide. So this is, um, speaks to what I was just talking about it. It's for those moms that find that those longing and wanting emotions mm-hmm. are um, making it really hard to enjoy being in the moment with their, with their ch- children, right? And so I provide a five-step process that helps bring their awareness into the present, right? So that you know, they can acknowledge the experience mm-hmm. and then still live in today's moment. So love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And how can they get this guide? I will give them to you, to you, but they can also find them on my website, you know, momswithoutamom.com. It'll be right there. So that's awesome. I love that because again, you lose that self-care sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, 
So you, yes. you will tell them how to get it right there at home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Because when you think about, um, you know, as I was saying before, when my mom came, it's just like, oh, go get a massage or go get a pedicure. It's like, nope, you can do it right here. <laughs> That's good stuff. Right. Thank you right. so much for that offering. We really, really appreciate it. You are welcome. My pleasure. So this has been wonderful. So I ask all of my guests, if you could say one last thing to the audience, what would it be? It would be to know that you matter, you are important, and it is okay to feel exactly what you're feeling. So never feel ashamed or who you are and know that there are people out there that care about you. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the Codependent Me podcast. This has been wonderful. And I want to let my audience know that as we say always, you matter and your story matters. And we'll check you next time. Thank you. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me. And check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.